Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. He's talking a long time about the offering, but if you were the one on the mission field, you just said he didn't talk long enough. Because when you're over there trying to make it, when someone takes up an offering for you, it's life-changing to be able to buy clothes, to be able to buy tires, to be able to do personal things while they're here. They're going to be here for another week. They're getting some rest and relaxation. Amen. Just, just getting away. I remember what it was like to go back with that, with that fresh wind under our wings to come back to the States and just get re- renewed and recharged. Because when you're in it over there all the time, it, it wears on you. It, the culture wears on you. And all these things wear on you, so it's such a blessing to come back and, and receive and just be filled up. And I remember my first memories of uh, Pastor Dylan and Ashley um, was when they, we were moving into our second building. This is our third building. Our first building was a small building um, on Londonderry Drive. It was about 2,000 square feet, and we were moving into the second building. And I remember them walking around, and it was an old club over on Fort Worth Drive. Some of you have been to that building. And I just remember them pointing, and they were just, we were having some uh, yard sales. We were trying to get money together to fix up the building. And I just remember seeing this couple, and I'd seen them a couple times at the other building. And I just remember them pointing, and, and what they were doing was they were talking about the places that they would come hang out at the club. Because it was a club before it was a church. And I'll never forget that picture, and then them coming in and getting saved and turned their lives over to the Lord. They were both students at UNT and um, just trying to make it together. And uh, then they got saved and realized, you know what, we need to get married. You heard my brother-in-law mention last week in the testimony that they were shacking up. That means you're living together. And they were living together. It's part of their testimony. And the Holy Spirit spoke to them, said, we got to get married. They came up to me on a Sunday. I'll never forget it. And I said, "Let's, let's do this right now. Let's fix this. Let's make this right. The next day, not even 24 hours later, they were in my office with a certificate of marriage, and I married them in my office. And that started to begin to put things in order in their lives. They served in every area you can think of in the church. And, and back at that time, we needed every area served in. Amen. We didn't have as many people serving. We didn't have as many people in the church. But they've been with us for 12 years, almost since the very beginning and uh, been married for 11 now, going on 12 in November, um, and they have three beautiful children, which he's going to share a little bit about, but it's just been so awesome to see them grow up in the Lord. They're our spiritual children. I love them like my children. I'm so proud of them um, to be doing what they're doing and to take that chance. I mean, you know it's taking a chance. You say, you know what, we'll go. There's no promise that anything good's going to happen when you get down there. But I've been to that church. Carl and I were able to be there at the year anniversary. It's growing. They have a beautiful congregation. They have a lot of, of people, raw converts, that never knew the Lord before that church went there. How many are thankful this morning that we're able to be a part of that right here in our church? Not something on the video screen. You know, we've seen the videos from them over there. But how many are thankful they're actually here this morning? We actually get to shake their hands, talk to them. And uh, those that are watching online, we pray this is a tremendous blessing for you. Uh, there may be people watching in Tanzania this morning. I mean, this is going all over the world. And so I'm so thankful for the growth, the faith, and what's to come. 
Amen. This next year, I believe, is going to be the greatest year of Tanzania's ministry. We're believing for more churches to be planted out of there. I was talking to him just last week. We were strategizing, and, and our hope and prayer is that in five or ten years when we go back together, we get on that plane and fly back together, we're going to go visit five or ten churches in Tanzania. How many believe we're going to have that many churches over there? Amen? Not just the one. So without any, saying anything else, he's got a word for us. He gave us a great word in the first service. Let's make Pastor Dylan welcome back to VWO Denton this morning and let him feel our love as he comes. Amen? Amen. Bwana Yesu asifiwe. Bwana Yesu asifiwe. Amen. Look at you Swahili talking people. Amen. It's amazing. Praise God. Um, before I say anything, I wanted to say thank you. Thank you. I, I know we don't see each other all the time. I wanted to say thank you your, for your prayers. Um, thank you for your support. Your financial support has gone a long way. There are people who've gotten saved, who are living for Jesus now, and you're a part of that. Amen. So I want to say thank you for all your support and all your prayer. We've been through some uh, tough situations at times. Now, I'm not talking about financially at times. I'm talking about tough situations sometimes where we need a miracle. Where we need a miracle. Maybe it was with a decision or is we're, we're, we're at a border somewhere. I mean, we've been in very interesting places at times, but there were people here praying for us. Amen. And God broke us through. I'll tell you a testimony. We're sitting at a border and the people told us to go back. Go back, go back, and uh, because you're missing something. And out of a miracle, uh, an officer walks over and he grabs the passports and stamps them. And he closes the book and he says, go. I mean, it wasn't a person at the border. It was just a higher-ranking official. He said, well, you're not going to have any problems. Get through. Amen. So thank you so much for your prayers. God is doing something amazing. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, also wanted to say thank you, uh, thank you, Pastor. Uh, pa Pastor is is my spiritual father, and he's been more like a dad to me. Taught me so much. Amen. Taught me. Uh, I never knew anything about marriage. I, there's a lot I I still don't know. I'm still learning. Amen. But I'll tell you what, it's a blessing. Thank you also for even this opportunity to preach here. I don't take it lightly. Amen. And uh, you guys take good care of your missionaries. Let me tell you, I got a nice rental outside. Oh, I'm feeling good. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. It's been amazing. We've been here for two weeks. We got one more, and we're excited. Amen. It's been an amazing time. Amen. And the food here is amazing. Glory to God. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 17 this morning. Matthew chapter 17. When you're there, shout amen. We're going to read from verse 14. It says, When he had come to the multitude, a man came to him, and kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is an epileptic and, he, and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. 
Then Jesus said, I underline this, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind, underline this kind, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your people and and your spirit in this place, God. We thank you, God, for your speaking to us this morning. Holy Spirit, have your way. We ask that you would change us, transform us, God. Lord, I pray that you would use me to preach your word exactly how you prepared it, God, and have your way this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. I want to preach a message this morning, a short message this morning titled, Faith That Moves Mountains. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I know somebody in this place is desperate in need of a mountain to be moved. Hallelujah. He said, I don't, you know, there's some things in my life I sure wish I knew how to stand up and say, you got to go. Hallelujah. Praise God. And one of the biggest battles that the enemy is constantly attacking us with is, is to kill our faith, to trust God, to intervene. You know, there are many faiths in the world, but there's only one real faith that stands that pe- where people can look and say, God, I need you to move now. Amen. Amen. And we are those people who, be, who believe in a God who intervenes. Hallelujah. And the devil is looking to stop you. If the devil can get you to stop believing that God can show up for you now to where you just accept whatever's going on, then what he has done is he's holding on to the authority in your life. Amen. I remember a time we're, we're in Carrollton and a lady comes by. She comes to church and uh, we had just finished prayer. And she says, oh, I need to speak with you. I said, what's going on? She said, I need, I need prayer. There is, a, there, is a, there is a demon. I look in my house. Nothing is there. But when I lay down, it comes and it, it, it's like it puts spikes in my feet. And it pokes me. It torments me at night. I can't go to sleep. So come, please, and pray. So we get a couple of people and said, okay, let's go. Demons and Carrollton, praise God. Let's go and pray. We go into that house and we begin to pray. And, and she's like, okay, it's not here. She knows when that thing comes in. She knows when it leaves. And she says, no, that thing is gone. It's not here. We praise God. We get out of there. And... We get home. I remember later that night we get home. My phone is ringing. Hey, what's going on? She said, it's back. Oh, Lord. I said, okay, well, that's all right. Cash that thing out. Tell her, get out in the name of Jesus. She's like, get out. It's not like she couldn't pray. It's not that she couldn't say the words, amen, but, but there was, after so long, there was a history of torment that, that has been established there. 
There's a history of torment that was established where the authority was no longer there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She was, you know, let me, let me tell you something. When, you, when there's been a tormenting spirit or something tormenting going on for so long, sometimes it's hard to stand on faith to trust God for it. So this morning, as we read this, our, our text this morning, there's a very similar situation. Here's a boy they brought to Jesus. Now, uh, Jesus wasn't there, but they brought him to his disciples. So the disciples, they get out there and, and, and uh, they, they tell him, hey, you know, this boy, he would throw himself, this spirit would throw him into the fire to kill him, and it would throw him into the water um, and, you know, so they begin to pray. I can see them beginning to pray. And, and uh, over time, I see that the boy is acting out. That spirit is acting out. So Jesus walks by. When Jesus gets to say, okay, wait, 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 come on. Jesus, come. We brought him to your disciples. You see, the boy is still an epileptic. And... I can see Jesus' response. Jesus' first thing he says is, faithless and perverse generation. There's a, there's a big question. Who was Jesus rebuking? Jesus said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. But, I, you know, but in... In here, I see the father and the disciples in a very tough situation. They're praying for the boy, and the boy starts foaming at the mouth. They're praying for the boy, and he starts gnashing his teeth. They're praying for the boy, and he starts doing all kinds of things. Amen. And, and you know, it's really hard to continue believing for a miracle when every time you're praying, you're seeing it get worse. The disciples are casting this, this demon out, but the boy is struggling. I don't know about you. I don't know how many in this place you've been praying for God to do something. And as time is going on, it looks like that situation is just messing up even worse. You're praying, God, give me a miracle in this business. And just when you thought it was a miracle time, boom, it's getting worse. You're praying for your marriage. Oh, God, and then boom, it's getting worse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there goes, the, 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 it's like the devil saying, I can't hear you. If you got a toddler, you know. Hallelujah, I got two of them. Hallelujah. Ah. Hallelujah, spank them kids, amen. But little. <laughs> But, 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 here, but here's what happens. It, it begins to come into our minds. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Now watch this really carefully. We begin to say, this is a tough one. Oh, getting free from alcohol is a tough one. Um, uh, my name is such and such, and I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, you can take that to the bank. They keep telling you, no, 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 you will never be free of being, of being an alcoholic. You will never be free. It's a big one. It's a tough one. 
And so, because every time we pray, it's been getting, it seems like it's been getting worse and worse. Something happens. Let me tell you something. It may have been difficult, but it's very hard to get free from something you glorify. It's hard to rebuke anything that you glorify. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we're lifting it up saying, oh, oh man, that spirit of pornography. Oh, you know, one day I'll be free. Let me tell you something. Don't glorify it. Amen. Don't glorify it. So Jesus walks in and he's seeing this situation. He's seeing this boy's there and this demon is getting glorified because everybody's like, whoo, the boys couldn't do it. The disciples couldn't do it. And Jesus said, wait a minute. Lord, he's foaming, no? Faithless and perverse. Why? Why is that? You know, perverse means twisted. You know what? You're faithless and your faith is completely twisted. Why is it twisted? Because over time you've been looking now at this situation and glorifying this situation more than God. Mark 9, you know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still with the disciples. Check this out. I'm still with the disciples because Mark 9 says even Jesus walks up and this boy is acting out and he prays and he casts that demon out and then something happens. The boy falls out dead. That's right. The people are like, uh-uh. <laughs> Jesus, you done killed somebody. Amen. So they're looking and the Bible says he, he was one as dead. So I understand, I understand Jesus coming up. Uh, he says something else. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says these words. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, at first I was thinking, Jesus, these are some hard words you've spoken to, to, to the people who are not believing. But I realized that we cannot please God if we won't believe. Hallelujah. So not only were they unable to, to, to please God from their unbelief, but their faith was distorted because they were glorifying that situation. So Jesus says, how long shall I be with you? How long, how long shall I bear with you? In simple words, we've been together all this time. Have you seen all these miracles? But yet you still won't believe. So Jesus casts the demons out and they come to Jesus. Jesus, why could we not do it? And let's go to Matthew 17, 19. It says these words. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by Prayer and fasting. This morning, I want to share with you three keys to having a mountain-moving faith. You want to have mountain-moving faith, I want to share with you three keys this morning. Number one, I want you to write this down. I want you to write it down in bold. Get your eyes off of that mountain. 
Get your eyes off of that mountain. Mark 9, 26, it says these words. So then the spirit cried out and convulsed him greatly and came out of him, and he became as one dead. So that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. You know, you want to know something? Let me get a volunteer. Come on, come on, one of y'all, come get over here. I know it stinks. <laughs> Teenagers are like, oh man, all these people looking at me now. <laughs> but 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 you know what, what's amazing? Y'all y'all know him? He's super tall, isn't he now? Don't you get taller than me? <laughs> all right, but but. If, he, if you seen him and you saw him laying down here right now, you know he's probably sleeping. Right? Right? Because you just saw him. If you had never been here and this place was all dark, dingy, smelled funny, and you saw him laying down here, and you walked in, what would you say? Mm, what's going on? Something ain't right over here. That's right. But because you see him walking and standing tall, you say, yeah, he's fine. If he's laying down, you know he's sleeping. Amen? So, thank you. I'll get, praise God for that. So what was happening in this situation, they're looking, at, they're looking at that boy, and all they could see is him dead. But watch this. Jesus is no longer looking at that situation. He saw, he saw the boy as healed. So when, when you take your eyes off of the mountain, you see the miracle, you see what God has done, you're no longer looking at the, the pain. Hallelujah. You're no, lo no longer looking at it in a bad, in a bad light. Hallelujah. Nine, Matthew 9, 23, the same situation happens. It says, when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and a noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, make room. For the girl is not dead, but, come on, and they ridiculed him. But the crowd, but when the crowd was put outside, praise God, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. You know, let me tell you something. Sometimes you got to put out your unbelieving friends. Let me say that again. Sometimes you say, hey, I need a miracle. I'm believing God for this. I say, oh, but, but what if, get out. Oh, y'all not ready. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. We won't be talking on the phone for a long time if I ever ask you to pray for me and you give me scenarios. Don't give me scenarios. I don't need an analyst. I need a miracle. Praise God. So they walk up. They're having, they're, they're playing the flutes. They say it's a, it's a funeral. And I, I have friends, I have friends back in Tanzania, uh, you know, not to mention names, but they know, we, we, we understand that some people, some people like funerals. Funerals is free food, this is Africa. There's free food, there's a setup, they go over and sit there, eat morning, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and hang out. They probably don't do that here, but let me tell you, the party was on. And Jesus says, no, you, you've got to go. Hallelujah. Why? Because they kept bringing, they kept killing the faith. 
They kept killing the faith. Every time, they kept killing the faith. And so we have to be able to keep our eyes off of that mountain. Hallelujah. They ridiculed him. You know, you know what's incredible? I wonder how many times we've had Jesus step into our homes, getting ready to do a miracle, and we began to ridicule him. I wonder how many times God has been ready to do something in your business, and we were, uh, you know, I've been praying, but I don't know about this. You know, I, hallelujah. Jesus was there, the Son of God. Fully God, fully man, there to heal the little girl, and they were ridiculing him. He had to put them out. Hallelujah. Get your eyes off of that mountain. Hallelujah. You know, back in 2012, I remember like it was yesterday, and how we went home, and, and my wife wasn't feeling too well. And... I took her, went to the hospital. There's a hospital right here, um, right here off of 35 Health, Texas Health, some north. There you go. Praise God. So we're up here, and they take her blood sugar. Now, she's about 120 pounds. They take a blood sugar, and the blood sugar's up to 500. So anybody who knows that, they say they're up to 500. I said, what's that? 500 what? Amen. But they said, no, this is, these are the blood sugars that can put someone in a coma. Now she's 120 pounds, and so they, be, they inject her with insulin, and we go, uh, they send us to an endocrinologist, that's a blood sugar specialist, and we get there, and they say, oh, yeah, no, she's a diabetic. Mm-hmm. She's a di- some diabetic, she just don't know. She's a diabetic. So this is what you do. They pull out this sliding scale, and they say, um, so here's what you got to do. You got to take insulin shots, okay? And you got to, your stomach is the best place, and you measure, you take your blood sugars. If they're at uh, 90, you take this many units. You, you take, you, you take the, the syringe, poke it, inject that many units. If you get it to what? You put, if it's at 200, okay, just add some more. If it's at 250, add some more. If you find it at 300, add some more. It kept being a reminder to us every day and every meal. It kept being a reminder to us that we were in a very scary situation. So every time you pray, we're out here saying, God, we, we trust you. Okay, come on, let's just add some, add some insulin. So, so you, though we had faith in God, the faith was going through distortion because our eyes were on the blood sugars. So we moved to, we moved to a new doctor here in Denton, and it just happened because we lived in Denton. We said, let's try somebody closer, and, and we go to this, this doctor, and he says, oh, you know, can we try something? Yeah, what is it? He says, you know, I, I he says, when you eat, and even if your sugars are high, don't worry. Just go ahead and take, take the same amount of insulin every day. Okay? Does he know what he's talking about? Yeah, okay, whatever. So we left there, and now she was taking the same amount. Morning, afternoon, and she's taking metformin with it. And that, but something happened. Scientifically, I can't explain it, but I can, I, I can tell you 
spiritually something happened for us. We took our eyes off of the blood sugars. We could take our eyes off of the metrics and the, you know, if every time you got to pull that syringe, you see it. We could take our eyes off of that, and lo and behold, over time, what happened is something began to change. Something began to change. We were praying, but we couldn't really believe God. I don't know if somebody's with me. We were praying, but the doubt would set in every time we saw the new metrics. Hallelujah. We're saying God's going to heal you, but the machine goes, dee, 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 and you see the numbers. Somebody, somebody's with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but God did a miracle and took our eyes off of that mountain. Say, hey, okay, you're going to do it this way. Let me tell you something. One day we go back to that doctor for another appointment, and the doctor says, okay, we're going to take your test. And he comes back and says, hmm. He says, It's not reading uh, that you're a diabetic. He says, maybe this happens. He says, maybe this happens to black people. I said, no, Dr. Jesus is a healer. Hallelujah. Praise God. So she got off of the insulin, got off of the metformin, and now she's still my dessert partner. Amen. If you follow me on Instagram, you see that. Whoo, glory. Boy, we've been having some desserts out here. Glory. Amen. Number two. <laughs> Number two, I want you to write down fasting and prayer. Amen. Keys to having faith that move mountains. Number two, I want you to write down fasting and prayer. Amen. Jesus said something, and it stood out to me. He says, this kind does not come out except through fasting and prayer. Now, all through, I've heard of this kind, and there are different ways to, to see that. I can't tell you what this kind is. I can't tell you what, the, what kind of spirit that is. Amen? But one thing I can tell you is this kind had a very, very um, unique characteristic. And this is something I noticed. This kind was one that would drive you back to keep your eyes on your situation. This kind was one, was one that when they were praying for it, when they were getting ready to lay hands on the boy, when they're getting ready to cast that spirit out, it will convulse. This is the kind where it would start foaming right when you were about to, about to trust God for something. I don't know if you've seen that. Turn to Mark 9, it says these words, it says, Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. So he answered and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and watch this, verse 20, you ready? Is they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. They already told Jesus what had happened. 
Jesus was getting ready to cast the spirit out. But right there, the spirit says, oh, let me, let me, let me shake things up a little bit. Let me shake things up a little bit. The Bible says right when he saw him, what did he do? It convulsed him, and he fell on the ground, wallowed, foaming at the mouth. You know, the enemy loves to do this right when you're about to, well, right when you're about to pray, right when you're believing God for that miracle, it will act up. Act up. Say, let me, let me, let me, let me mess you up a little bit. Now, in the, in the flesh, when you see that, you're like, oh, Lord. You ever, you ever had somebody, you say, hey, okay, they told you I got a headache. You say, well, let's, let's pray. We're going to trust God. Heavy, you know, hallelujah. They say, oh, wait, wait, Oh, you know, I believe it's connected to my nervous system. Oh, I feel it down here, too. He said, you need to come to church. Pastor, pray for you. <laughs> come on now. We got some real people. You know, you thought it was just a headache, and then right as you, oh, okay. That seems, that seems to be on the next level. Come on now. We got some real people. You know what I'm saying. If you're real, you say, I know exactly what you're talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's happening is that the, the, that, that devil is trying to get us in the flesh to begin to doubt. And right in the flesh we begin to doubt. We get scared a little bit. We get nervous a little bit. We begin to doubt. And what happens is the faith is not activated. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says something incredible. He says all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. Now we hear that all the time. And we're... And, and, to be honest, we're always thinking, man, you think, you, Lord, you said my faith is smaller than the mustard seed? Come on, we got real people. They say, you know, Jesus said we need faith like a mustard seed, and I'm not pushing it, so. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus, my faith smaller than the mustard seed, so I need it to grow to the size of a mustard seed? Real people know what I'm saying this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, something amazing, something amazing happens here. Because Jesus says, this kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, listen, in the flesh, this thing is going to mess you up. See, when it starts acting out like that, you start getting doubt, you can't activate your faith. Meaning you have the faith, but then the doubt is as we're, we're looking at it. Okay, let's move. Let's switch gears. Move into the spirit. How do we deal with this kind? To deal with this kind that's rebellious, that wants to come up and rise up right when you're about to pray. We have to be in the spirit. How do we do that? We fast. We fast and pray. As we fast and pray, what happens? It begins to shave off the flesh. It begins to shave off our thinking in the flesh. So next time the enemy comes up and starts doing that, you're like, <laughs> all righty. Amen. It's not, it's not moving you. It's not, it's not stirring you up. It didn't stir up Jesus. It didn't, stir, it didn't move Jesus. Hallelujah. But Jesus identified that so this kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting. Fasting and prayer. 
We deal with the flesh so that it doesn't give us doubt we're in that moment and it, be, and it, and it rises up in rebellion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three. Well, before I finish, I want to tell you something just to confirm this. God, it's not that God doesn't hear your prayer. Let me say this again. It's not that God doesn't hear your prayer. Because it's one of the most confusing things for us as believers. God, you say we pray by faith. I'm praying. I'm believing you're able. I'm, I'm believing that you can. And then boom, it blows up. You're like, mm. come on now. Hallelujah. So we begin to fast and pray. And we see the spiritual as the spiritual. Hallelujah. Number three. Take taking a step of faith. We have to learn or we have to take a step of faith. What, why do we take a step of faith? You know, something happens. I don't know if it ever happened to you. You prayed for something and now you're wondering after you prayed by faith, oh, yes, hallelujah. And then after you're like, mm. you think that went through? Hallelujah. I had some people, I had someone send me something in the mail, and they're calling me, hey, did it make it, did it make it, did it make it? Isn't that what, isn't that what we do? We, send, we pray like we send, we pray like we send mail. Hallelujah. And now we say, hey, I sent you, I sent you something. No, he's going to tell me if it made it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So one thing we do is we take a step of faith. How do you take a step of faith? What a step, what a step of faith does is it, it, it seals. I'm going to say that again. A step of faith, it's a sealing portion for my part. See, I, I said, okay, I prayed. Doubt is bothering me. And it seems like it's going to keep bothering me because I'm still, in, I'm still sitting here like, well, if it works, I'll do this. If it doesn't, I'll stay where I'm at. Come on now. Well, if it works, I get the right answer. I'll go for it, and then I'll be right. So it's taking a step of faith to say, no, I, I'm believing God. So guess what? I'm not going to stay here as if it's not going to work. I'm going to seal my part. I'm going to seal my part. I believe it's done. Now I'm going to trust God that he got it through. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> the Bible says these words. It says, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. And I believe it this morning. I want to close with a, with a short testimony. Amen. You know, my wife and I, we've been married 11 years. In November, it will be 12 we always count the year after, amen. We always say 12 when we're, when we're almost at 13. As soon as November 16 hits, we're going to be counting 13. Watch. Hallelujah. But, you know, we were praying. We, we came. We got married. And much, as time was going by, we began to believe God for a child. And for some, some people know this story. The first month went by. And the first year went by. The second year went by. Hallelujah. The third year went by. And people come and say, hey, when are you having a baby? 
said, we'll let you know. But in reality, it hurts. It hurts because we've been, we're, we're believing God for a child. Four, four years go by, nothing. Five years go by. Oh, you should try IVF. You should try adopting. You should try this. So every day it's like this. We're no longer stable on that. And then we go into uh, five and some change, almost at six years. I remember it is December of 2014. We get, uh, we get a positive pregnancy test. We're like, whoo, praise God. January 1st, 2015, she loses the baby. I tell you, the devil wants to stir it up. Just we're gonna, you're going to start trusting God. You say, oh, God. I, I, January 15th. I, I give up. God, you figure. We're done. I told my wife, I don't want to talk about kids. Let's just go. Let's keep our marriage right. We'll trust God. Time goes on. We get news we're pregnant with Imani. And time goes we're, we're waiting we're looking at the belly three months we give the news to everybody like don't give anybody the news we're like okay three months we start giving people news and the belly keeps growing the baby's real so there's a, a baby shower I, I, I believe it was Carla was having it at her house and at pastor's house and they have this baby shower and people brought gifts and my mom, she had a duffel bag. And she carried this big sports duffel bag, and, and she opens it. And she shares that for years, she was believing God for her grandkids. And she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start buying my grandchildren clothes. So every year, as years would go by, she'll collect clothes and pack them in this duffel bag. Pack them in this duffel bag. Pack them in this duffel bag. And you say, oh, they're, they're pregnant. She's packing them in a the duffel bag. And that day she said, here are the clothes that I've been collecting by faith for this child. <laughs> Hallelujah. Taking a step of faith simply means when I don't have anything to hold on to, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to seal it. I'm going to keep moving like it's done. And let me tell you what, that was mountain moving faith. That was mountain moving faith. And God opened that door. June 20th of 2017, we had our firstborn. 
And we say, oh, praise God. Oh, Lord, thank you so much. If you don't give us any, any, anyone else, anything else, Lord, thank you. June 20th, 2019, we are our second born. We say, oh, Lord, you're amazing. Two, ah, oh, you're amazing. I have, I have these moments. I say, ah, God. <laughs> ah. It's like your daddy just gave you a hug. You're like, ah. December 20, 22nd, 2020, he gave us a third one. Hallelujah. He said, Lord, you seem, you seem like the one who keeps giving. Um, we're going to cut it off here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, wanna, I want us to pray this afternoon. Because I believe there are people who need a breakthrough. I believe there's some people here who need breakthrough. You've been praying. You've been seeking God for breakthrough in your life. And it's, 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 it's been a battle. Maybe you're looking. You say, is it me, Lord? What, what is going on? I'll share with you two deterrents really quickly. One is unbelief. But number two is sin. Sin undermines your faith. That even though you want to believe God for something, sin will come back and tell you, well, psh, you don't deserve that. Look at what you've been doing here and there and there. Look at your language. Look at this. Look at these things that you've allowed in your life. And you're saying, well, God, how, how do I make it? Let me tell you something. Sin doesn't have to hold you anymore. We're going to do something. We're going to pray. And we're going to give our lives to Jesus. You're here this morning and you say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. You say, well, I did it before. Let me tell you what. It's okay. You can make a decision today and say, you know, I'm not going to play on the line anymore. I'm going all the way in. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Let's bow our heads this morning. With every head bowed and every eyes closed. I want to ask a question this morning. How many in this place, just real hearts, real people, you say, you know what, I want, to, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to, maybe you say, I gave my life to Jesus at some point. You said, no, you know what, I know, I know where I'm at. I know what I've been doing. I need to come back to the Lord. Let me tell you, this is not, this is not a call to embarrass anybody. No, this is a personal decision between you and God. Nobody's looking for you. Nobody's looking at you. But let, just make a personal decision. How many of you say, remember me in prayer this morning. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Just slide your hand up. Put it back down. We're going to pray together. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Just a couple of more seconds. You're here this morning. You say, I need to make a decision to give my heart over to Jesus. couple of more seconds honest people just slide your hand up put it back down say remember me I'm not going to embarrass you I'm asking a real question because let me tell you what none of us are guaranteed tomorrow none of us are guaranteed this afternoon none of us are guaranteed to see the, the, the back to school event this evening all we have now is a decision we're a decision away from eternity Nobody's going to ask you about it. 
oh, uh, wait, what were you doing? Were you No. This is personal between you and God. Don't leave here having not made a real decision to give your heart to Jesus. How many would say, remember me, I want to turn my life to Jesus this morning. Just slide your hand up, put it back down. Oh, praise God. God bless you. I see that hand. How many more? Real people. Real people. Real people. See, I don't want to pretend anymore. I don't want to act like I got it together. I want to go all the way in and give my life to Jesus. A couple of more seconds. Praise God. We're going to do something. Let's all stand. We're going to pray for two things. You're here this morning and you want to You're here this morning and you need breakthrough. I want to do something. You raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand for salvation. Why don't you come up here and if you need Jesus, you want to make a decision to give your heart to Jesus this morning. Come up here. Find your way up here. We're going to do something else. I say, come. You need breakthrough this morning. You're praying and you're believing God for breakthrough. And you say, God, I need a miracle today. I don't know what it is, but the enemy has been just fighting you and fighting you. I want us to pray together today. I want us to trust God for breakthrough in your life this morning. You say it's been, it's been a fight in the faith. It's been a fight in the battle. It's been robbing me of my joy. It's been robbing me. Every time I'm trusting God for breakthrough, it seems like it falls apart all over again. Find room at this altar. I want us to pray together. I, I, we, let's believe God for breakthrough this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.